Welcome to the Fantasy Football Genius, where winning isn't everything, it's the genius thing. Stay tuned if you want to crush your fantasy football goals. We are back, back for another podcast of the Genius Cast. I'm Jameson, I'm the Genius. Hope you guys have a fantastic day getting ready for fantasy football. We're a couple weeks, months away. Hopefully we get the season in us. My gut tells me we will, but there's a lot of uncertainty obviously going around with the virus and all that kind of stuff going on. So the uncertainty is there, but I definitely think we are, um, my gut still tells me we are going to have a season. I just don't know if it's going to be a full season, a pause in the middle of it, or a shortened season, but I do believe we will at some point get football, hopefully sooner than later. Um, But we're still going to keep pumping out these articles, keep pumping out the draft kit. Plenty of information out there. If you have not uh, followed us over on Instagram or Twitter, please give us a follow. We are at FantasyFootball underscore Genius underscore on, twi- on Instagram. And on Twitter, we are at FansportsGenius. And our website is always www.FantasyFootballGenius.com. If you have not checked out our draft kit, definitely give it a look. 1995 will help you dominate your leagues, dominate your draft, and win it on draft night. Hopefully, um, I-, I can give you the right directions to go. Uh, Dynasty, Redraft, whatever it is, our draft kit has both of them in there. Tiers, rankings, sleepers, deep sleepers, busts, team-by-team, fantasy outlooks, that much more on our draft kit. 1995 will help you guys hopefully dominate your leagues on draft night. (coughs) Excuse me. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about the differences between three different drafts that you can do right now. Um, which way is might be better for this uncertainty this year? I'll kind of give you my two cents on that. We'll talk about a little bit of difference between the zero running back strategy and the robust running back strategy. We'll also do a little rewind on a couple a couple weeks ago. I threw out a, a post on Instagram talking about potential sleepers this year that could possibly be top 20 picks next year. I'll kind of give you a handful of running backs that I might be looking at next year to possibly fit that mold. But this podcast will be mainly about wide receivers, so we're going to do we're going to dive right into wide receivers and kind of uh, talk about the elites, middle rounds, rookies, busts, potential busts, injury to Debo Samuel, that and much more. And we're going to finish it up with a little Antonio Brown. Where do I think he might go? What do I think is going to happen this year with Antonio Brown? That and much more on today's podcast. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and jump right on into today's podcast. And as I talked about earlier, if you're not follow us over on Instagram, we are at Fantasy Football underscore Genius underscore. On Twitter, we are at FansportsGenius, and our website, as always, www.FantasyFootballGenius.com. If you have not checked out our draft kit, 1995 gives you plenty and plenty of information. We add it on uh, pretty much update on a weekly basis, add stuff to it on a weekly basis. Plenty going into it on, in July, more going into it in, in August, and hopefully we get the season come September. First, let's talk about the three different drafts. I talked about um, different strategies for uh, in, in, a, in a past pod- podcast. I talked about the different strategies for, for uh, different leagues that you can do. This year, with the uncertainty for what the season's going to bring, maybe we, we look at maybe best ball. If you're not tr- checked out best ball, definitely give us a uh, give us a shout on, on Instagram. If you have any questions, let me know what it is. I'll kind of give you my two cents on what about what I think about best ball. But a quick little summary. What best ball is, is it's a league where you just draft. You don't have to worry about any in-season work, no no waiver wire, no uh, setting a weekly lineup. They automatically take your top players on a weekly basis. So most likely you're going to be taking an expanded draft um, with extra roster spots. So you want to make sure you get depth at all positions. 
where in some of your redraft leagues, maybe if you have a Lamar Jackson, maybe you have a Patrick Mahomes, you don't take a second quarterback. You definitely need two, maybe even three quarterbacks in the best ball formats. And speaking of redrafts, those are our most popular. Um, everybody knows what redrafts are, where you, where you draft team every year, a different team, get, get together with your buddies, coworkers, family, whatever it is that you, with, with your draft, you're drafting a different team on, the, on, the, on a yearly basis. Where Dynasty Leagues, you take that team you draft in the startup and you carry it over year after year. So you can be in rebuild mode or win now mode. My two cents this year with the uncertainty of what the league is going to be, um, are we going to have a season? Are we going to have a shortened season? What kind of season are we going to have? I think if you're in redrafts or even dynasty leagues, I think you up your, your uh, bench spots. Um, just in case someone does test positive for the virus, you want to make sure you have plenty of depth at all positions. So even if, it's, if, if you have a Patrick Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson in your redraft leagues, maybe in years past, you'd say, okay, I'm going to hit the waiver wire and not worry about taking another quarterback. I think that is not the right decision this year. I think you definitely need to have two quarterbacks, even if you do have the elite of the elites as your starting quarterback. We just don't know what's going to happen throughout the year. And if something does happen and you, have, you do not have a Patrick Mahomes or you do not have a Lamar Jackson, things can go south very quickly. I think we're going to see a lot more best ball leagues as well. I mean, this is, this is a, a draft that you don't have to worry about. Don't have to, um, you're, you're, you're already taking expanded rosters. For the most part, you're probably taking 18 to 28 players on your team. You're starting anywhere between 8 to 12 of those players on a weekly basis. So you're having uh, a deeper rosters in the first place. I think a lot of people might be looking at best ball. And, again, if you're interested in best ball, have questions on it, definitely hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. More than happy to ask, answer any questions if I have time of any kind of questions you have, whether it be best ball, redrafts, or dynasty. But our draft kit will also answer a lot of questions you have for players this player or that player as well if we look at the zero running back strategy versus the robust running back strategy if you're not um if you do not listen to our, our past past podcast talking about the two different strategies <coughs> excuse me zero running back is where you take running backs middle of drafts to later in your draft you're taking those lottery ticket players or where you're starting your drafts off with wide receivers tight ends quarterbacks whatever it is and you kind of uh, take gambles on running backs later on in your drafts where robust running back you're taking the maybe you're you're uh, taking three of your first four or five draft picks and you're using it for the running back position to make sure you get those superstar studs because everybody does know the running back position does kind of get super thin um, very quickly as you move along in your drafts my opinion is if you have a top three pick, I think you're obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, you're obviously going to be taking a running back. Zeke, CMC, Saquon Barkley, pick and pick which one you want at one, two, or three. I think all three of them um, have their, their cases to be uh, listed as the number one overall player in fantasy. Obviously, if it's not two quarterback or super flex, that's a, diff- that's a different question, though. So whether you like a Zeke, whether you like Saquon, whether you like CMC, I think all three have their own strengths um, to be listed as the number one overall pick. So if you have a top three pick, I think you're sitting pretty with one of those three players there. That's when you kind of get to the middle rounds and the, and, the, and the later rounds. You can go running back. You can go with the robust running back. I don't hate the idea. I don't. Um, most likely, I'm likely going to go with some sort of a robust running back strategy, not truly going to be a robust running back. It's going to be more of a maybe I take a running back early and I take wide receivers in the second, third, fourth round. And then come back to the running back a little later. But if you want to go zero running back as well, I don't hate the idea there. Everybody says that's not the way to go this year. I, I disagree. I think uh, zero running back is is fine option. Um, I think there are plenty of, of, of possible running backs later on in drafts you can get later. You might have to reach for them a little earlier than, we, than uh, you, you usually have to take in that position. But if you're sitting later in drafts, I don't hate the idea of going zero running back. That's the way I'm likely looking at it. If I'm, if I'm sitting at 8, 9, or 10, 
I'm likely going to be looking at possibly going zero running back, and hopefully I hit on a couple of those gamble running backs later on in drafts. The last thing I'll tie in touch base with is the PPR versus standard. If you're still playing standard leagues, I think you need to move this PPR. That's the way of the future. That's the way fantasy has been going. It's the only way to go, in my opinion. I think PPR is the way to go for fantasy. So if your uh, commissioner is still in standard, have him move it over to PPR, in my personal opinion. We talked about a couple weeks ago, um, I, I threw a, 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 a post on Instagram talking about what kind of players might be going late, that might be sleepers this year, that might become a top 20 pick next year. I'm looking at a handful of running backs that could possibly fill that bill. Everybody knows Kareem Hunt is one of those running backs. If he gets the right situation, Hunt is going to be a phenomenal player. He's already a phenomenal player as it is right now, sharing time with Nick Chubb. If Hunt becomes the number one back like it was in Kansas City, he becomes an even better player. We know he can catch the ball. We know he can run the ball. He's a phenomenal player on the football field. I can definitely see him being a top 10, top 15 pick next year if the right scenario hits him. J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor, three rookies that I have my eye on for different reasons. I think all three can possibly fill that, fit that bill of being a top 20 pick next year. Of the three, I think I'm a little lower on Jonathan Taylor than most are. I think that the Colts have a very big running back by committee uh, backfield there with Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines. Yes, Cam Akers does have Daryl Henderson, and J.K. Dobbins is sitting behind Mark Ingram. But I think Dobbins and Akers are both going to be um, have a, a tremendous impact this year, where I think Taylor's going to be uh, kind of stuck in a backfield that's going to be very frustrating to, to, to watch. I think Dobbins, if we look back on Baltimore, I think Dobbins is going to kind of eat into the production of Mark In- Ingram, and I think Akers is going to show it's going to show that he's the better back than Daryl Henderson. Watching the kid on film, I think he's be, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more of a fan of him on the field. Um, so I'm much more higher on Dobbins and Akers than I'm on Taylor. I think the Colts are still going to want to get Marlon Mack the ball, and I think that they're going to want to get um, Naheem Hines involved in the passing game out of the backfield as well. So I think it's going to affect Taylor as, as a whole, and I think a lot of people are going to be taking Taylor as their number one rookie running back. I think I'm going Akers, Dobbins, then Taylor in my opinion. And I'll close it with my last running back that I think they can have a phenomenal play next year um, in the right situation. Obviously, everything has to go his way. But Alexander Madison, everybody knows my view on Madison. I think Madison is a phenomenal player. I think he has tremendous upside. I think he has just about as much upside as Dalvin Cook if he's giving the same kind of role as Cook had last year. I think Madison would have been, uh, kind of have a very similar kind of production. So if you're the Vikings, you're going to look at paying Dalvin Cook a tremendous amount of money or you're going to look to have it still be on a, a low, salary um, contract with Madison. I think the, the Vikings are going to look at Madison and say, why not just pay a, 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 the running back a little more less money than what we're going to have to give Cook. Let someone else pay Cook. In my opinion, that's, that's what might happen with the Vikings, especially if this holdout turns into a Le'Veon Bell. Uh, they may be able to see what they have out of Madison um, for an entire season. If that's the case, I think it's going to be a mistake for Cook. Cook will be smart to kind of get in there right away. I think, I, I think he... If he does hold out, I think it's going to affect him um, in the long run because I think the Vikings are going to see what they have in Madison. They also have Mike Boone in the backfield as well, who I think both players are very uh, capable running backs, kind of like we had in for the Chargers last year when Melvin Gordon said he was going to sit out, but then you have Austin Eckler and even Justin Jackson for, to an extent last year. Both running backs can kind of hold the fort down while uh, Melvin Gordon was out. And then Melvin Gordon finally realized they needed to get in there. I think we might see the same thing out of Cook. 
Bold call is I believe Madison does start five-plus games this year, and I think he's going to show the Vikings they don't need to pay all that money to Dalvin Cook. So I can definitely see if Madison is the top dog in Minnesota next year, I can definitely see Madison being a top 10, top 15 pick in fantasy 2021. Another running back that I'm looking at kind of uh, as, a, as a very deep sleeper is Antonio Gibson of the Redskins. Washington has a very full backfield with Darius Geis, Adrian Peterson, Antonio Gibson. Names keep on going more and more. Peterson is a phenomenal, phenomenal player, been a phenomenal player for all these years, but eventually father time is going to eventually fall on him. He's going to have to step away from the game. I think it starts to happen this year. I think we're going to start to see those wheels kind of start to fall off of Adrian Peterson. He's been one of, if not, uh, he's, been, he's been one of the best running backs ever to play the game. No taking away from that. But I think the time has finally come where he needs to kind of hang it up. And we know Darius Geist does not have the uh, the best injury history. Um, he's, he, he has not been able to play an entire season yet. Been hurt throughout his early NFL career. So there's, there's, there's no reason to think that Geist is going to take the, the lead and run. We may see a player like Antonio Gibson kind of get uh, thrown into the, the fire, as it will, right away, especially if they we see an injury to guys. Maybe Adrian Peterson doesn't have it anymore, and all of a sudden we see Antonio Gibson out there. And I think he has a tremendous upside. I think he is going to be a generic version of what Kamara was for the Saints as a rookie. I love the upside of Gibson. Does that mean he's going to be as good a player as Kamara is? Absolutely not. Kamara is a special player. Not saying that Gibson is that it's going to be that player, but I think he does show those kind of tools, and I think Gibson can have a – a very good rookie season this year as a very, very deep um, sleeper in fantasy. And as we're talking about this, this podcast, we mainly about wide receivers. So let's go on and jump right on into the podcast and talk about the wide receiver part. Um, let's talk about the elite of the elites. We're talking about the Devontae Adams, the Michael Thomases, the DeAndre Hopkins, the Tyreek Hills, Julio Joneses. A lot of names, a lot of talent up top there. If I'm picking one player of that group, I think I'm going to go back to the well with Devontae Adams. He was my number one wide receiver last year. Injury made that not happen. Uh, if I liked him last year, I'm going, to, I'm going to like him this year again. He's coming in as the clear-cut number one option in the wide receiver position. Um, I do also believe that the, the, uh, the Packers are going to be able to find a, a complementary option in Alan Lazard. And I also think we're going to see more and more out of Aaron Jones in the slot at, at receiver as well. I think they're going to want to get uh, multiple running backs on the field with they, what they have in A.J. Dillon. And we also know they have Jamal Williams as well. So everybody's falling off of the cliff of of, of uh, Aaron Jones. Let's not forget he may be able to slot, line up in the slot quite a bit as well. And in PPR leagues, that's just fine for me. I still love Aaron Jones in fantasy this year. But I think Devontae Adams is going to be the clear-cut number one option there in Green Bay. He's going to get all the targets, all the looks. Um, we know he can get uh, get open. We know he can withstand those double teams. And I think eventually those double teams are going to go away because I think Lazard is a very decent uh, complementary option this year. And I think Aaron Jones is going to be able to play the slot a little more if they do split him out as well. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is what he does. I mean, he gets targets, receptions, yards. He is the top dog in New Orleans. I just like Adams quite a, a little bit more. DeAndre Hopkins, new team, same DeAndre Hopkins. I think Hopkins is obviously going to be able to do what he did in Houston in Arizona. But there's a few more mouths to feed in Arizona, so I think that um, his, his production that we've seen in years past is going to dip it a little bit. That doesn't mean I'm going to drop him out of my top five. I still think the tremendous upside and tremendous floor for Hopkins. Tyreek Hill, maybe the floor isn't as, as, as high as you'd like to be in, in a top five wide receiver, but we know the upside is, is through the roof, blows the, the roof off the, off the, the building. 
And I think the Chiefs are going to come out and they're going to show that last year was was last year. It's, 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 it's a new year. We're going to be able to see the same thing out of this offense. I think we're going to see more out of McCole Hardman this year. We'll get into McCole Hardman a little later in this podcast, but I think we're going to see more out of McCole Hardman. Um, George, uh, not George Kittle, uh, Travis Kelsey's still there, Sammy Watkins, um, uh, Demarcus Robinson. There's a lot of talent there in that uh, passing game, but we know that Tyreek Hill has tremendous upside. He may not be as safe as the other options at the elite of the elites, but I'm going to put him up there just because of that elite ceiling that he carries. And of all those elite players, I think Julio Jones is the player that I likely am going to have left off my list. Not that he's not good, not that he's losing it. It's because I think that we're going to see a new leaf kind of turn with Calvin Ridley. I think Ridley is going to start to kind of force his way into kind of a 1A, 1B kind of split with, with Julio Jones. Yes, Julio Jones is still the number one option there in Atlanta, but I think we're going to start to see Calvin Ridley kind of eat into that uh, number one role, and I think we may see more of a 1A, 1B, which is going to kind of take away some from some of the upside that we're used to seeing with Julio Jones, and we know his upside is up there with anybody in the game. Chris Godwin. Mike Evans, um, there's a lot of different, uh, like the next tier kind of wide receivers that we can kind of look at to kind of maybe break into that elite of the elites. New, uh, Tom Brady and Tampa Bay is going to make Mike Evans and Chris Godwin look phenomenal again. I mean, obviously they're two of the better wide receivers. They're, they're probably the best wide receiver duo in the game. <clears throat> now they get the GOAT that is Tom Brady. Yes, he's getting up there in age, but it's still Tom Brady. This is probably the best wide receiver duo he's ever had in his NFL career, and uh, he's looking to kind of show that he can win without Bill Belichick. So I definitely think Chris Godwin and Mike Evans can both kind of um, break into that next level of elite status. Um, but... If I'm looking at a, a player that can maybe that might be going at, as the the next level, and maybe be able to kind of uh, jump up there to the next bracket of things, I think I'm going to be looking at a player like Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson is a player that I I am very high on this year. We know he can do anything he wants on the field. Doesn't need a quarterback to get him the ball. He's played with some pretty bad quarterbacks, and th- th- this year we don't know if it, is, is it going to be Mitchell Trubisky, is it going to be Nick Foles. Does it really matter? I don't think it matters. Love Allen Robinson. I think Robinson's a player that I think can be maybe, maybe look at outside the top eight wide receivers, but I think he has number one overall upside over by it's all said and done. Imagine what this kid can do if he had a very good quarterback and is on throwing them the ball. Absolutely love Allen Robinson. Kenny Galladay, another player that I'm very high on this year, and Juju Smith-Schuster. <coughs> Excuse me. I think Juju is going to kind of go back to the old version of Juju. I think a lot of people are maybe sleeping on what he brought to the field um, when Antonio Brown was there. But now we get uh, Big Ben back from injury. Uh, Big Ben's going to be able to get kind of get the ball to his wide receivers. That makes Deontay Johnson a very big play for me this year. But I think Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be able to get back to the old version of Juju, not the 2019 version that we saw last year with injuries and the lack of quarterback play. If we look at the, like the middle of the rounds, if we kind of do this player, this player versus that player, start off with Marquise Brown versus Devontae Parker. I think both players have upside. I think both players don't really have a, a great floor. I think Parker has a better floor than Brown does. But I think we're also going to see uh, Preston Williams kind of eat into the production that Parker had last year. Um, I do think Brown is uh, a, a little better play in my book than Parker is. But I think they're very, very close. Um, very, very, they're very, very close. Right now, as a matter of fact, right now I have Parker a little bit um, up on over Brown, but I think when we get closer to season and the more and more I look into it, I'm likely going to have Brown a little higher than Parker, but I think they're very close in production. I think their floor is about the same, but I think the upside might be a little more to Brown than it is pa- Parker, but maybe Parker might have a little bit more of safety. 
Michael Gallup versus Tyler Boyd. Um, I've, everybody's forgetting Michael Gallup's upside. I think he, he's, he's moving down in ADPs because they drafted CeeDee Lamb. But let's not forget this kid has tremendous upside. And he still is the number two option there in for the for the Cowboys, in my opinion. I think he is still a little bit more um, over than C.D. Lamb is this year as a rookie. I think by it's all said and done, Gallup's either not going to be in Dallas anymore or he will be the number three option for the Cowboys. But as it is for 2020, I think Gallup is still the number two option for the Cowboys passing game. And I think A.J. Green's going to come in and he's going to eat into a little bit of what Boyd does, does have um, in this offense. But I think Joe Burrow is also going to enjoy getting the ball to two very, very good wide receivers. I think it's very close between Gallup and Boyd as well. Give me this slight lean over Boyd. But if we're talking about uh, Dynasty, I think I might lean a little bit more to Gallup just because if there's a chance that he goes somewhere else and becomes the number one option, I do like Gallup. Um, and I think that A.J. Green still has a few more years left in him for the Cincinnati Bengals. And lastly, we'll talk about Keenan Allen and Terry McLaurin. I am not very high on Keenan Allen this year. I think we're going to start to see a decline in his production. He's been very safe over the years. Terry McLaurin is, was a phenomenal rookie last year, came out of nowhere. I think McLaurin's going to uh, kind of move up the leaderboard this year as well. I like McLaurin quite a bit more than Keenan Allen. I think we start to see Allen's ceiling kind of go away. Yes, he still has a decent floor, but I think the ceiling is, is beyond gone for Keenan Allen in my opinion. If we're talking about this rookie class, wide receiver, I think it's one of the better rookie classes we've seen in years past. Might be, might even be one of the best that we've ever seen. But the Raiders took Henry Ruggs. Um, in my opinion, I think that was the wrong, that was a mistake to do. I can see a good three, four, five, maybe even six wide receivers that I think are better uh, picks than he was this year when it's all said and done. And it's going to start with CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy. Yes, I'm a Bronco fan, so I'm going to give the lean to Jerry Judy. But I think both players are phenomenal. The route running skills Judy has is out of this world. I have a friend that says he's a part of a Marvel character. Um, he's a he's a mutant because of the way he can make those cuts. I kind of believe him. I think the guy is it's 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 ridiculous on the, the cuts that he makes on the field. Um, it, it's it's going to be fun as a Bronco fan watching him. But Ceedee Lamb, he, he, he's another player that's going to be very good in this league, going into a very very good offense. Broncos and the Cowboys are going to be very good offenses for years and years to come, in my opinion. And I think both are going to be well involved in their their respective teams' passing games. Um, a, couple of, a couple of other receivers that I'm looking at that I might have a uh, better NFL career than Henry Ruggs, Jalen Rager for the Philadelphia Eagles, and Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings. I think Jefferson of all the rookies might have the kind of the best impact rookie season just because he can be asked to do more than the other receivers. Jerry Judy's playing on a loaded offense. CeeDee Lamb's playing on a loaded offense. Henry Ruggs plays for the Raiders. Uh, Rager, yes, uh, Philadelphia is always needing uh, more pass catchers at the wide receiver position, but they still do have uh, a pretty decent amount of options there with Miles Sanders, uh, Zach Ertz. I think Dallas Goddard's going to have a big deal. I think Alshon Jeffrey's going to be back healthy. Deshaun Jackson's going to be back healthy. There's a few more miles to feed there for Philadelphia, but I think it's all said and done. I think those both are going to be better than Henry Ruggs. And going back to this year, I think the Vikings are going to ask Jefferson to kind of do a little more because they're going to need a player that's going to be able to kind of uh, uh, help out Adam Thielen on the other side. No more Stephon Diggs. I think Jeff, Justin Jefferson is going to show them what kind of player he was. I can also see someone like Michael Pittman being better than Henry Ruggs. And Brandon Ayuk, he's kind of the um, the, the the wild card for me. I think he, he's a player that could be better than Ruggs, but I also think that he's a player that can kind of um, not be a great talent in this league. we got to go by what Kyle Shanahan says. Kyle Shanahan said, I believe, that he's one of the better. Uh, I think he said he's, he was his number one choice at the wide receiver this year. 
And you got to kind of listen to what that Shanahan tree says because his dad, Mike, was able to figure out what good wide receivers, what good offense was. And we know that with the 49ers offense, he's able to get uh, these kind of players in the right situation with the right scenario. So maybe Ayuk is a better player for the 49ers than anywhere else. But I just don't know if I can put him ahead of Ruggs, but he's very close, in my opinion, um, to possibly being ahead of him. So I have Lamb, Judy, Rager, Jefferson, and maybe even Pittman ahead of Ruggs, in my opinion. And then closing out, we have Higgins, Denzel Mims, and LaVisca Chenault. Um, Higgins and Chenault are two wild cards for me. I think both players can be fantastic players in this in this uh, league, but also can also kind of fall off the cliff as well with what the offense the, the the Bengals already have AJ Green, already have Tyler Boyd, already have Joe Mixon. Is, is Higgins going to be able to kind of get in there and kind of get his feet wet? And same thing with the, with the uh, um, the Jaguars. Are they going to be able to get the ball to Chanel as much as I think they possibly can? Only time will tell. Those are two wild cards, and I can definitely see them kind of being decent players as well this year as well. Bust for 2020. Already talked about Keenan Allen. I also can see we, we can also see a bust out of Bashard Perryman. And I also think we're going to see a, a, a major decline in what Julian Edelman does on the field without Tom Brady. Um, if we go to the elites, uh, not really a bust in my book. It's more of a, a maybe a drop in production from what we're used to seeing on a yearly basis for these two players. But Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, I think both players can kind of have a a down years in terms of what they product, uh, perceive as a down year. I think they're both going to be obviously top five talent, top three, top four, top five talent, and they're going to smash on 2020 season. But I think what they're used to seeing on the field, I can see both players kind of having a down year in terms of what they are used to seeing on a yearly basis. And players, I think, that can kind of take a, make a major jump in 2021 in terms of their average draft position. Already talked about Calvin Ridley. I think Ridley is going to be able to kind of get closer and closer to that top level stardom league. I think he's going to be able to do kind of like what Julio Jones did when he was um, a young young wide receiver coming into the league. I think we're starting to see what kind of player Ridley is, and I think he's going to be able to kind of push that 1A, 1B situation there for Julio Jones for the next couple of years. So I absolutely love the upside of Calvin Ridley. And I'm also very high on A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Cortland Sutton, all three players who are very high on my rankings this year, and I can see him even being higher next year. Sutton on a, a loaded offense, possibly. Yes, he's going to be uh, a lot of miles to feed, but I think this offense is going to be very good, and he still is the number one option, in my opinion, in that offense for the Broncos. DK Metcalf, I think he's shown last year what kind of player he is, and rumor has it that he's being able to play both the left and the right side, where I think last year he played mainly on the left side. Now you can move him around a little more. And A.J. Brown, what can we say about A.J. Brown? He had a phenomenal year last year. I guess the ball um, in all types of different ways. I love A.J. Brown, love D.K. Metcalf, and love Corton Sutton moving forward. And I think they can kind of push that level of elite status next year. Two teams I'm kind of keeping an eye on with their ADP and kind of uh, for value are the Giants and Houston Texans. Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, we all know who's going to be the number one option there in Houston. I think it's going to be Brandon Cooks, but I think both players are going to be able to kind of reach on their value. They're going to both be able to hit value for where they're being drafted. And for the Giants, excuse me, Slayton, Shepard, um, I'm not very high on uh, Golden Tate because uh, I think Evan Ingram's going to eat into production as well. So Slayton and Sterling Shepard, I think both players can kind of uh, return great value as well. I think the Giants and Houston have two of the better values if, you, if you're taking both their receivers. I think Houston with his, um, even Kenny Stills, but I think uh, Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller are going to have phenomenal years um, this year. And if both can stay healthy, watch out. And then uh, I have... I think I have Sterling Shepard a little bit more um, higher on my rankings than I do uh, Slayton, but I think both players are very good values in fantasy this year. 
We talked about the injury to Debo Samuel a couple weeks ago, kind of just, just to touch base on it a little bit because this is our wide receiver uh, podcast. Um, I don't think it does a whole lot entire, for the entire offense as a whole. It's, they're still a run-first team, so we're not going to likely do much with the receivers there. I'm not going to move George Kittle ahead of Travis Kelsey this year. Obviously, he's my number one in, in dynasty leagues, but in, in redraft leagues, I'm not going to move him ahead of Travis Kelsey for the two different offenses that they're in. Maybe we can look at Jalen Hurd. I'm very high on Hurd this year, kind of moving him up the, the leaderboard, the draft board a little bit with the injury. As for running backs, yes, they are a run-first offense, but is it going to be Tevin Coleman? Is it going to be Raheem Mostert? Who's going to be out of the backfield there? There's a lot of mouths to feed in the, as running backs with that running back by committee. Yes, they do great in doing so, but we just don't know who it's going to be on a weekly basis. Um, I'd say it's going to be Mostert because it was last year, but I think Tevin Coleman is also going to come in and uh, it's, it's going to demand more um, touches, more carries, more targets out of the backfield. And then we'll close it up with... Uh, who am I going to kind of keep an eye on for value this year? I think McCole Hardman, Anthony Miller, Deontay Johnson, Michael Gallup, we already talked about, and Nikhil Harry are five receivers that I'm looking at later on in drafts. Last year we saw what Hardman did with limited touches um, in the passing game. Imagine if they give him even more looks, what kind of, what kind of uh, impact he can have on the field. Anthony Miller. One would say if I am very high on Allen Robinson and I have Miller as one of my sleepers I'm going to keep an eye on, that would make me uh, high on the quarterback of the situation. We just don't know who the quarterback for, for the Bears are going to be. If I knew it was going to be Mitchell Trubisky or if I knew it was going to be Nick Foles um, and they're going to stay healthy all year, they would definitely be in my mix to possibly be a sleeper quarterback. But we just don't know who it's going to be. My gut tells me it's going to be Mitchell Trubisky. So I'm likely to have a few more shares in best ball and maybe even even in dynasty leagues of Mitchell Trubisky. But do I really want a Bears quarterback? Not really. Deontay Johnson, we talked about him with uh, a little bit when we talked about Juju Smith-Schuster. The return of Big Ben Roethlisberger is going to help the rece- passing game. Um, but I think we're going to get to the point where we've seen the 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 level out on where how high we can take Deontay Johnson. He's being talked about by everybody in the industry. Um, I do think he's a phenomenal player, but I think his, his ADP is getting to the point where it's going to be at. There's not much more left on the meat where it's going to be at. So right now, he's close, and I think by the time we come to, come to drafts, he's going to be off my board just because I'm not going to want to take him where he's being currently drafted at. I talked about Gallup quite a bit, so I won't talk about him. But Nikhil Harry... I am very high on Nikhil Harry. It was last year, and I think this year Cam Newton's going to help him if Cam Newton is the guy there in New England. Nikhil Harry is going to be able to kind of uh, reach that stardom. We thought it was going to be last year with Tom Brady, but uh, I think it's going to start this year. And I think if you're in dynasty leagues, Nikhil Harry is definitely a player you want to keep your eye on. And we'll close out the wide receiver position with Mr. Antonio Brown. Where is he going to go? Is he going to play in 2020? I think he's going to sign with the Seahawks. I think eventually he's going to be a Seattle Seahawk. That locker room can handle his um, off-the-field antics, if you would. They can hand him on the field, off the field. And I think with Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, I think they both have the respect of the locker room, the respect of their players to kind of bring in a player like Antonio Brown. And we know the guy, what he can do on the football field. We know his talent is un unquestionable we know his talent is phenomenal we know he's one of the best if not the best player in the game at his position when he's playing when he's at his at his best it's just what he does off the field and and uh what he does in the locker room and all that demanding the ball out all that kind of stuff um is what comes into play and i think that's where the seattle seahawks kind of outplay everybody else is they have the locker room they have the coach they have the quarterback to kind of take him in and kind of reel him down a little bit and kind of bring him back to the player we want, that we want to see, we want to see a player that's uh, having an impact on the field. And imagine An- Antonio Brown joining Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf for Russell Wilson with a running team. 
um, with a decent defense. It's just a recipe for success. I think it makes all the sense in the world. And if he does sign with the Seahawks, you will see Russell Wilson move up in my uh, both quarterbacks and overall draft picks. Um, if it happens, I think it's going it's to be phenomenal for Russell Wilson, and I think it's going to also help. You, you may say that's going to it's going to help DK Metcalf, or it's going to help. Uh, it's going to I'm sorry, it's going to hurt DK Metcalf, or it's going to hurt Tyler Lockett. I don't think it really is going to do. I think it's going to be a a great thing. I think I, I think they're they're just going to put up more points, more yards, more receptions, more out of the passing game, in my opinion. Yes, it might. Uh, Eat into production a little bit out of Tyler Lockett, but I still think DK Metcalf is the number one option there in Seattle. But if Brown comes in, we can see a 1A, 1B with Brown and Metcalf, in my opinion. That's the wide receivers. Hopefully, I kind of touched on a few of them. If you have any questions, definitely hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. Have a great day. Be safe. Wash your hands. And we will talk to you guys down the road. Have a great weekend.